Today on Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, approaching DS as a lifestyle. Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Welcome to the new studio. It's fabulous. It is pretty neat. We've uh, moved the entire recording setup to a different place in the house. We have a new glowy uh, mixer, which has some blue glowing lights and some green glowing lights, and something about um, about 11 different little knobs that I don't know what they do. So it looks very professional anyway. It does look very professional. And uh, we have a new spit screen in front of the microphone. Um, I have this other box that I don't even know what it does, but it has a lot of wires coming out of it, and it's got a little light on it, so it should be doing something. Yep, we've tested things out. It seems to uh, help with the sound quality, so hopefully this is what we've been looking for. Hopefully. So you won't have to hear any more of me going on about the different kind of challenges we have as far as equipment goes. Our budget for equipment was long gone, long ago. Long ago. (laughs) (laughs) Enough of that. So we have the new studio, and... um, as it happens, we mentioned on last week's show, we were talking about having someone come in and do a discussion about exhibitionism. Right. And to do some actual exhibitionism. And now that we have the new equipment, all we need is the person to exhibition. And yeah. <laughs> to do the exhibitioning. And it just yeah. so happens we have been contacted by someone who uh, would like to come on the show. We've actually had a couple different people contacted. Uh, we have one person that we're in uh, negotiations with right now. Just trying to set up a time and date. So that will be coming up pretty quickly, I hope. And going to be hot, hot, hot. (laughs) (laughs) I think so as well. Uh, What else do you want to talk about? We have some some upcoming topics for future shows. Uh, I guess we can mention real quick. Uh, Topics include sex workers. Uh, Rope. Rope. uh, Religion. Sex magic. So... Along with some other things. We've got a list of topics that we would like to talk about and have plans on talking about. And um, if either of these subjects sound like something that you'd like to talk about and share your wisdom with, feel free to contact us on that as well. Absolutely. Although we are very fortunate that we get to do some interviews with some wonderful professional people, we look forward to doing a lot of interviews and chatting with, with you, with people like ourselves, people that are just into this as a lifestyle or as a kink and can give us a normal guy sort of perspective, any normal girl sort of view on how they approach approach kink and this lifestyle for themselves and in real world sort of settings. So uh, we look forward to hearing from you. We do indeed. If you do want to get a hold of us, you can always head over to bluecatservices.org. You'll find a contact form. You'll find an email address. You'll find a phone number. You'll find the 
carrier pigeons that we have <laughs> netted there. The Pony Express. The Pony Express. And many other ways to Ooh, contact pony us. play. <laughs> I, we have a friend for that. <laughs> So today's topic, approaching DS. As a lifestyle. As a lifestyle. Dawn and I have been involved in the DS lifestyle for about 10 years now, and and we happen to do some presentations as well. And it's really neat to be able to do presentations, especially for people, when you come across people that are three, four, five months into trying to build some kind of a DS relationship. Or even just thinking about it and just trying to figure out how to get that first toe into developing the relationship, so into into the puddle, so to say. Absolutely. Let's start off talking uh, really quickly about some definitions so that we're on the same page when people are listening to us. Okay. They understand the terms that we're using. Um, we like to keep pretty broad definitions so that it... Um, you know, covers a lot of people, but th- there is some differences in some of the words that we're going to use, or right. might use. And if, you know, again, if, if you don't agree with these definitions, that's fine. Feel free to head over to FetLife and argue to your life's content. Heart's content, life's content, yeah. Heart, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the second time I've used that phrase today. Feel free to head on over there and argue all you all you want. While you're at it, toss in there why Kirk is better than Picard. Oh, that'll get them going. But no. what you need to <laughs> get me going. But what you want to do is find definitions that work for you. And as you approach DS life, make sure that the person that you're talking to understands those same definitions. Right, because you can find these definitions. And the words we're talking about is a top, bottom, master, slave, dominant, submissive. Um, you're going to find these definitions in different books, and people are going to have different definitions for them. And so just make sure when you're talking to someone else that you're on the same page, So especially if you're trying to develop some sort of relationship mm-hmm. or some sort of contact. Absolutely. And what we're talking about today, we're not going to talk about tops and bottoms at all. We're going right. to talk about dominance and submissives. We're going to talk about masters and slaves. We're going to talk about terms in a power exchange relationship. So, and and just to make things easy for today. And at future shows, we can talk about the difference between a master and a dominant, because I think it's an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. But for today, we're going to talk about masters and dominance as the person who is dominant in that total power exchange relationship. Right. And, and we're going to talk about submissives and slaves as the other person the submissive person in that power exchange relationship. Exactly. So whereas with tops and bottoms, um, for us, for this discussion, if it's brought up, it's um, those that are more in a um, using whips and chains and toys. So not exactly a, a power exchange dynamic as a lifestyle. Sure. Tops, topping and bottoming is what we do in the dungeon. If I play with someone, I am, if I am holding the flogger, I'm topping them. If they are receiving a nice beating, they are bottoming. And when we talk about dominant and submissive, we're not talking about attitudes and we're not talking about personality types. We're talking about roles in a relationship. Exactly. So, and so, so there's our definitions. There's our definitions. So oh, DS lifestyle as in a relationship, in a power exchange relationship. Um, how do you get started? How did we get started? Well, we got started in the bedroom and a lot of people do get started in the bedroom. A lot mm-hmm. of people get started playing at the roles of being the dominant and the submissive. We did. We even had little code words. We did indeed. (laughs) Just to keep it safe 
from ourselves as we explored this very scary change of relationship style. And you said something very interesting earlier. What happens, but what happens when it sparks your heart? Right. When you're in the bedroom and you're kind of like playing at these roles and that's just the terminology I'm going to use at the moment. So you're playing at these roles and then you find that it really does speak to your heart and you found a piece of yourself. How do you take it from the bedroom into your lifestyle? How do you embrace that piece of yourself? Mm -hmm. And and we're very fortunate that nowadays we do have um, we do have websites like FetLife. We have discussion groups and other people who you know when you feel like you're a slave. Mm -hmm. That there's other people that are supportive and can emphasize with that and can say, yeah, me too. Right. And now when we started 10 to 11 years ago um, in the Columbus, Ohio area, there weren't, we were between groups. So some groups had just folded and some groups were just a twinkle in somebody's eye. So we weren't really sure where to go to and who to talk to at, at first. Of course, it snowballed from there. <laughs> Our personality is such that when we find a need for a group and if it's not there we create it and we've um we've done that a few times we've done that a few times and and it's very interesting to run a ds support group um helps to again one of the big things that you so you know we're talking about approaching ds so here's one of the first things that you'll want to be able to get over is the idea that you're somehow broken right that there's something wrong with you for wanting to be someone's dominant or someone's submissive and we take that from experience um i know i can be very analytical about things so i wanted to look at the whys and the wherefores and you know and then you get to a point where you accept that it's who you are and once you've accepted that's who you are you can start a little bit of reprogramming i mean i know for myself and for probably most of the people listening to this podcast, we are not raised that DS is a normal, legitimate lifestyle. I was certainly not raised to be domineering over someone I love, to be... Um, maybe to even, like, I don't know. There's different things you do in DS that probably can make you feel a little funny, you know? If you decide that punishment is going to be part of your lifestyle, you know, it can be hard to overcome that when, you know, punishing the one you love type of thing. So I can see how that would be an issue. Absolutely. But one of the, the keys to DS is that there's a level, there's, there's two things that are very important. One of them being vulnerability and one of them being trust. And for you to be respected, and this is again, just my own experience, for me to be respected as that dominance or that master in the relationship you know, if you set down these are the rules of the relationship, the person that's responding to those has to be able to trust you that those are the rules to the relationship. Where, you know, in, in previous relationships that I was in prior to finding DS, there we had a lot of rules in the relationship and they were they were often just ignored. The whole honesty in the relationship, um, you know, it's it's the classic, I'm going to sneak out of work early so I can stop by the bar on the way home. Or if I'm IMing a girl, I wouldn't tell the person I'm in a relationship with, you know, because that's, you know, we keep things nice and calm. 
by not sharing certain things. So there's a lot of reprogramming in DS that allows you to say, I'm just going to be honest and I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to present everything to you. Here's what I am. Here's who I am. Here's what I'm doing. And this is the boundaries of our relationship. And that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed with our relationship and one of the things that I really needed was all that honesty. Now, with vanilla relationships, like Dan said, there's supposed to be that honesty as well, but it doesn't seem to be as important as we found as we've found it to be in our DS relationship. Um, when I was working corporate America and just listening to the women talk and bash their husbands, I just did not want to be that person. I wanted to be with someone that I truly respected, and being in that power exchange relationship helped me get what I needed. So, not so sure the words are making sense. And it's a really funny thing to talk about because this is very much you're trying to conceptualize emotions. You're trying to conceptualize things that we don't may not have the exact right words for. You know, it's it's the classic trying to explain to a Martian what a Coke tastes like. You know, there's just, how are you going to explain this chemical, sugary, bubbly nastiness that we all enjoy. <laughs> Um, and, and, and as a side note, you know, we're talking about how honesty is so important in DS relationships. And I know a lot of our, our, uh, our parrot loving friends out there, a lot of our polyamorous friends out there are saying, well, this is the same for a polyamorous relationship. It's just not in DS relationships. And I have no quarrel with that. And I certainly agree with it. Uh, but DS was certainly a wonderful way for us to learn honesty in a relationship. So it was a very growing experience and still is. And that's one of the big reasons that we approached DS is because it is a growing relationship and it requires growth. I require my submissives to be more than they were yesterday. And I have very specific goals. You will learn these things. You will not do this behavior anymore. You will not post to groups in that style, you know, um, Things that I believe that my submissives want and are having trouble getting to, it's kind of like, and I know you're going to hate this term uh, because someone just threw it in your face today, but it's kind of like being a life coach. It's, <laughs> it's helping someone be more than they are. And that, you know, we talked uh, in a previous episode about mentoring. Right. And there's certainly an aspect in, in for myself, in a master-slave relationship, similar to mentoring. There's a, certainly this aspect of, and we use this term a lot in, in the realms of DS, is trainers, mm -hmm. you know. And it's not just training people to be, to sit in a certain position with their arms crossed in a certain way or to greet people in a certain manner, but how you handle yourself. Are you aware? Are you paying attention? Are you breathing? You know, very uh, specific things that make will allow you to grow as a people as a person I was going to say make you grow as a person but it's certainly it's a container that allows you to grow as a person and that's how we've used it and um, one of the ways we got from the bedroom to the lifestyle was we created a contract 
and we thought it was going to be a short, simple contract because we talked to a lot of other dominants and masters, and we had everything from why do you need a contract to my contract is she's mine, and we decided to write something up that was going to describe what we wanted, what our goals were, what our wants and needs were, which involved a lot of self-reflection, um, and use this as a way to grow and empower ourselves as people. Absolutely. I think for us, having a contract and paying attention to that contract was a big step that allowed us to really embrace DS as a lifestyle. Because when things are good and you can sit there and say, here's my goals, here's what I want. I, I need this out of a relationship. I want this out of a relationship. I give you permission to do this in a relationship. Very big one in an MS relationship is that your partner is clearly in an open, of their own free will, giving you permissions to do things that in normal society we may find reprehensible, mm -hmm. right? Um, because when things are not so nice, when things are not going well, you and have that contract to refer to and say, oh yeah, we're doing this for a particular purpose. Right, and all relationships, no matter what style they are, have hiccups. So it was nice for us to go back and reflect and go, why are we doing this again? This is really difficult. So why are we doing it? And to go back and look at that that uh, beautiful document that we designed together and say, oh, yeah, this is why we're doing mm. this. We have a goal and we still want that goal. So and to move forward. But um, I know some people don't like the idea of contracts because they think they're stiff. And for us, they weren't stiff. They were dynamic. So we would look at them and modify them though we rarely did that except on a yearly basis you know the contract was good for a year and then we would totally look at the whole contract and redesign it if needed if we wanted a different focus for that year but it wasn't stagnant by any means whatsoever right right so we had great stuff so there is approaching ds so there is the primer to get you started if you have questions, thoughts, comments, we uh, feel free to hop over to the Erotic Awakening FetLife group and, and post your comments and get a little discussion going there. Uh, very much appreciate that this is just the tip of the iceberg, but hopefully you'll find it useful if you decide that you're, you want to approach a DS relationship. A Master's Musing, an essay by Dan. I began this trip some time back. Unlike many people I've met, okay, not met, but seen online, I cannot claim that at 44 years old I have been a master for 30 years. No, my first relationships and two marriages were as vanilla as vanilla can be. It wasn't until 2000 that I got started in a relationship that had a power exchange element to it from the get-go and not until 2001 that my collar became a permanent part of someone's neck in my charge. That is the point I went from being a bedroom dom to dom to master. I did not earn my leathers at that point. I did not get a cool scene name after serving under a powerful mentor. Instead, I claimed a slave and the responsibility of that on a 24-7 full-time basis. This is what defines a master, claiming responsibility for the training, well-being, and actions of a slave. My slave and I created a DS support group, and after some time, created another. We have hosted over a dozen formal events and taught an occasional class on MS-DS relationships. Other slaves came and went into the life of my first slave and mine. 
but I've never been one to have more than two, okay, for a very brief instance, three, at a time, as my style of training is not suited for more than a few at a time, and my needs are not so extravagant to need five or six slaves. Each slave that came into my life brought honor and benefit to me and our house. I believe that they gained something from their association with us as well. At one point, I stripped my first slave of her collar, and we tried to be non-DS. But over time, more and more MS came into our life, regardless. No collar, no formal contract, no titles, but a slave's heart serving a master's desire. It naturally flowed back to us, and as important events happened in our lives, we came to realize that a position of strength for us is that bond, that MS relationship we created and nurtured for so many years. We have let it live subtle within us, and now we are ready to once more acknowledge and claim it. You, you see, I, I think I had forgotten that I am a master. I had forgotten nearly all of my healthy relationships have been MS ones. And when we began to have some success in polyamory, I fell in love with a vanilla girl, well, vanilla twist. And although my relationship with First Slave continued with a subtle DS heartbeat, I, I began to do well in a non-MS relationship as well, as a non-MS person. Fortunately, this new love, Karen, continued to grow. And faced with new challenges, I fell back and back until I found my seat of power. My center, my seat of power, my balance is that I am a master. And it does not change the relationship with Karen. I have no desire to be her master, nor to change who she is or what we are. That relationship is in balance, as long as I do not reject who I am, or try to live in a style that I don't have the tools for. There are perhaps a thousand ways to do poly, and we are finding our path. And this master, and this master bows to his first slave. I bow to you, Danzarani, for I know how you have suffered before we became who we are. I know how you have struggled to become what you viewed where you should be. I know how you have flown free, sometimes with success, sometimes with anguish. And here you are waiting for me to claim you once more, when you no longer need to be claimed, but just deeply want it waiting, even though you know me better than ever now, and know that I will not protect you from pain, and will do what I can to prevent harm. When will you come to your senses and beg for that collar? When will I remember my honor and demand you take it? My response. Sir, I heard, I cried. Sir, since the beginning, I've been honored to be yours to wear your collar when it was offered and even after it was taken away. Yours I will always be. Even as we explore life and different ways of living, even as we love others, yours I will always be. I know deep in my core, my soul, my heart, that I am slave. Even as we attempted to live without the collar, I couldn't completely deny who I am as you couldn't deny who you are. That is where some of my struggle comes from, denying who I am. I am a strong person, but when I belong to you, I am empowered in ways that have always amazed me. Sir, I bow to you with deep honor, trust, and respect. I will always be there for you in whatever way you need me, as you have been there for me while I've struggled with these growing pains. I truly miss the weight of your formal ownership, but you've owned me since day one. 
I would be truly honored to wear your collar once again. I do not need your collar to be slave, for slave is who I am. But I crave your collar. I crave your ownership. I crave to do your bidding and kneel before you as yours. I would be honored to walk this road with you as your slave. from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com.